I'm sorry, can you say that three times fast? It's the TTIP Transatlantic Trade Treaty, the TTIP Transatlantic Trade Treaty, the TTIP Transatlantic Trade Treaty. It's Friday, October 4th, World Animal Day, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Paul Peters, master's student in civil engineering and extremely clumsy person, and with me today is Molly Quell, contributing editor at Dutch News, and you can uh, read your own job title. My job title is Elizabeth Warren, no, aspirational Elizabeth Warren-esque cougar. And can you please explain this to us? No. No. <laughs> just, just live with it. So in the insanity that is American politics, uh, yesterday... Is, is it insane because, uh, I don't know, uh, has Nickelback uh, requested <laughs> Twitter to delete one of the president's tweets or something? I can't even with this. Did this happen? It's just from the top of my head. Yeah. I, I just come Did... up with a ridiculous scenario. Did this happen? Yes. Oh, yes, it really? happened. Oh. Um, so... Uh, yesterday, a right-wing conspiracy theorist who has put out a whole bunch of crazy, like, insane conspiracies made an announcement that he was having a press conference in which he was going to bring the um, uh, male sex worker who Elizabeth Warren had been hiring uh, for the previous few years uh, to read aloud his statement in public about how (laughs) Elizabeth Warren was uh, like a, a dominatrix and had been like beating <laughs> this man who is a 24-year-old bodybuilder slash former Marine um, as if somehow this was going to make people not want to vote for Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, by the way, who was 70 years old. Um, Elizabeth Warren. She's that old. Yeah, she's that oh, old. Who, who threw some beautiful shade back because she went to the University of Houston and their mascot is the cougar. <laughs> so she, and of course, cougar being a slang term for an older woman who's like getting real lucky with younger men. So she tweeted out in Elizabeth Warren fashion. Um, you know, all of this talk today reminds me of my alma mater and how no student should graduate with student loan debt. And here's my plan about like student loan debt. And she also included the go Cougars after she said that she, uh, yes, she did. And it was, it was the most brilliant thing. It is because she turned it into an actual discussion about her plans. Yes. Yeah. That's smart. She's very very smart. smart. And also my younger brother texted me and was like, he works in finance and was like, Hey, (laughs) Oh, he works as a cougar dominatrix uh yeah also that sex worker i mean yeah. you know it's, it's hard to make a living in the u.s you have no <laughs> workers protections and he was like i i am 100 percent voting for this woman because because of, uh, because because of this uh, who tweet. doesn't yeah. want yeah. this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very um, yeah. weird yeah uh we have to um uh talk about our third regular podcast host gordon derrick he isn't with us uh, today no he's, he's in the uk searching for the speaker of the house's voice right yeah are you now ah, stealing my, I'm my stealing joke? A joke but you have to explain this you're better at this than i am uh, or he's wearing a brexit brexit muppet outfit i heard that we got complaints from people who don't know what the brexit muppet is yeah that's true I'm, this is a personal like whoever is listening and doesn't know who the brexit muppet is i heard you personally it was accountable <laughs> hi costas come on costas um yeah costas he, isn't on twitter clearly no he 
he isn't. No, he uh, he complained that uh, he di- didn't know what the Brexit Muppet is and why we are why we keep talking about the Brexit. I Muppet. mean, we don't know what the Brexit Muppet is or why we well, keep talking. No, about yeah, it. that's true. That's true. Did you hear that uh, the Brexit Muppet got its own glossy? Yes, I saw that, and then I heard that the Brexit Muppet was on a, another podcast, which I yeah. feel very insulted about. Why yeah. is the Brexit Muppet not on our podcast? Should we should we explain what the Brexit Muppet is? Yeah, the Brexit Muppet is a is a genius marketing strategy that I think the Ministry of Finance, right? The Dutch came government. Up with. Yeah, yeah, the Dutch government came up with. And it looks, it's a dude in a blue, or a lady, who knows, in a blue sort of, yeah, kind of man-sized, man-sized suit. Muppet uh, suit. Muppet suit. Very fluffy, it's like very, very fluffy. blue. It's like sky blue. It it's has EU a, blue. It's EU blue, yeah. It's like wearing a t-shirt. And the Dutch have just been like trolling, basically, the internet, the world, the, the, the UK. Ide- the idea is that that companies or uh, uh, corporations should prepare for a no deal Brexit scenario. Right. And this uh, monster, this Muppet, it represents the no deal uh, Brexit scenario. Yes. And so the, the first photo that was released was the Brexit Muppet laying on the desk of the foreign uh, minister, Steph Block, yeah. in a... Um, uh, draw me like one of your French girls uh, position yeah. and uh, Steph Block behind it uh, sort of surprised yeah. uh, with a surprised look on his face and uh, the other photos that were released were the Brexit Muppet sitting on the lap of someone who is trying to work but yeah. she couldn't because she's not prepared for Brexit uh, or uh, the Brexit Muppet sitting on a barrier so the so a truck couldn't, Can't get, couldn't through. get there's also been video footage of a Bre- the Brexit Muppet laying in the doorway of a of a Brexit related conference like making it difficult for people to get into the actual conference. Exactly. And basically the Brexit Muppet has gained a cult following. Yes, uh, especially by us. Especially by us. And also a number of other, like, Danny Kemp from the AFP is also obsessed with the Brexit Muppet. Yeah. I mean, everybody's just obsessed with the Brexit Muppet. And in the Brexit glossy, uh, they released some photos of people who are actually a- capable of tackling a sort of... Uh, um, uh, um, Defeating the Brexit market, yeah. so com- indicating that they were prepared for Brexit. Exactly. That they had so, taken measures. Yeah. someone who has a warehouse, so he's photographed with the Brexit Muppet in the background, wrapped in wrapping yeah. plastic, or a cable factory who sort of tied the yes. uh, the Brexit Muppet. Which I tweeted out this week a bunch of these photos with the he- the headline that the Brexit Muppet is into some kinky shit, which was real popular, of course. <laughs> anyway, that is the explainer on the Brexit Muppet. Exactly. And we love the Brexit Muppet. Yes. So where is Gordon this week? Uh, Gordon is in the UK. Um, he is searching for the Speaker of the House's voice because he lost his voice. Can you please explain that? Uh, Are we just going to talk about like not Dutch news, just like American politics, British politics? I think that's what we've been doing for the past year or something. It's such a shit show. It yeah. is. Yeah. Now, the Speaker of the House, John Burko, he lost his voice and he's always yelling uh, to the Houses of Parliament yeah. uh, that, that he wants order. So he's yeah. always yelling, order, order. Yeah. But now he lost his voice, so it sounded like, order, order. <laughs> and uh, apparently, I didn't know this, I completely missed this. Boris Johnson launched a Brexit plan yesterday, yeah. but this news was completely overshadowed Did by... Did he put it on his Snapchat account? <laughs> Do you have him on this? Uh... I am not following Boris Johnson on Snapchat, no. Boris Johnson, also in Ridiculous News, launched a Snapchat account. So yeah. If you want to follow Boris Johnson you don't, on Snapchat... don't. do it to yourself. Uh, now I'm, all, I'm wondering, does um, uh, 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 Steph Block have a Snapchat account? I don't know. You know who I bet you has a really great Snapchat account? Jean-Claude Juncker. Who is in a, he has a great Instagram account. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is it's it just, just him tweeting photos of glasses of wine? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
perhaps we should continue to the old path of the week. Yeah, perhaps we should continue. Although, actually, first you have to explain why you're really klutzy this morning. Oh, yeah, I was setting up the uh, the podcast studio and everything dropped out of my hands. Yeah, you, like, almost broke the microphone. You tried to smash my headphones. It was really, like, a nightmare, frankly. Exactly. But we managed. We uh, we recorded the podcast, so yeah. that's fine. Now, the old path of the week is about PVV Senate leader uh, Marjolein Faber. Yeah. Uh, she... Uh, well, there was an incident in Groningen last week with uh, it was a stabbing incident. Some guy uh, stabbed three people or something yeah. uh, on a on a terrace. So it was really awful. But it was Marlijn Faber who tweeted that uh, the media doesn't want you to know that uh, the suspect has a Northern African appearance. Okay. Except that the people who were actually witnessing this incident and the police they confirmed that the suspect does not have a Northern African. Appearance. appearance so she tweeted this and a lot of people asked her well why what are you're you tweeting twi- why are you tweeting this what you're saying is obviously fake news uh could you uh sort of uh, delete this tweet delete this tweet or at least uh, say that you were wrong but she uh, refused to do this of course of course and now yesterday it was news who followed her around in the senate building um asking her what, what she was thinking about this tweet and why she didn't delete it and why she was spreading fake news and at some point she was ignoring the journalist and then at some point she turned around and yelled in the microphone my tweet is accurate my tweet clopped uh, okay <laughs> so this screenshot uh, immediately turned into a meme of course of course so uh yeah we've seen a lot of memes about uh, uh w- with the caption mind tweet clopped or you know you know this photo of donald trump yelling at a kid who is yeah. lawning the, mon- uh, the, the, the lawn mowing the lawn mowing the lawn whatever he's doing um uh, someone uh, put on the red uh, mind tweet clopped and <laughs> yeah. stuff, stuff like that so yeah uh, it's of course very serious that she is why is it always that the parties that are complaining about the media spreading fake news are the people who are actually spreading fake news. Why is that? That's the, Paul, that is a question for the ages. It's just so... I mean, you've heard the phrase... Is it from Is it from Hamlet? Like, the lady doth protest too much? <laughs> no, no, I'm not there's that familiar this famous, with Shakespeare. There's this famous quote from... Oh, God. Hamlet, Macbeth, Shakespeare people are going to email in and complain about this. <laughs> there's this thing where the, the this character says, yeah, it, I think the lady protests too much. And basically what it means is that, like, people who are constantly, like, denying something are usually the ones that are, like, participating in it. This week we uh, talk about uh, departing MP and Animal Party founder Marianne Thieme, update you on why two The Hague aldermen had to step down, what went wrong on Scheveningen Beach on New Year's Eve, according everything. to the safety board. Everything happened Ev- in The Hague this week. Yeah, it was. it's really been a very Hague-like uh, Hague week. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, and also how uh, the Dutch athletes are doing at the World Championships. And in our discussion we dive into the reasons why farmers were so angry this week, and so angry that they caused the worst morning rush hour ever. Yeah. Marianne Timmer, founder of the Dutch animal rights party Partij van de Dieren. Partij van de Dieren? Yes, or as Mark Rutte always <laughs> called them, the Partij voor de Dieren. Voor de Dieren. What's the difference here? It's a, it's a nuanced it's difference. It's a nuanced difference. One is implying that it is a party of animals, and one is implying that it is a party for the animals. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Marianne Thieme is stepping down as the leader uh, after 17 years. Thieme's announcement on sen- Sunday came as a surprise to most of the political world, uh, in keeping with a career that has constantly defied expectations. Party leaders usually step down as MPs after losing an election, she told a gathering of Partij voor de Dieren members. Looking at our own growing movement, that would mean I wouldn't be able to stop until I was 300 years old. That's an excellent burn. I love it. 
but I'm not waiting until then, I'm doing it today, she told the uh, the gathering. The 47-year-old said she uh, had made uh, her mind up following the European Parliament elections in May, where the Partij voor de Dieren retained the seat it won in 2014. Tima founded the party on October 28, 2002, to promote animal rights in the context of a wider program of activism on a range of issues spanning vegetarianism, women's rights and the TTIP transatlantic trade treaty. Despite being marked at first, Tima won a seat in parliament in 2006 at the second attempt and held it for the next 13 years, making her one of the longest serving MPs. The Partij voor de Dieren won five seats at the last general elections in 2017 and holds 33 seats in local councils. However, it has never taken part in a coalition administration at any level, preferring to promote itself as a party of conscience. Uh, yeah, she always says, um, uh, uh, for example, she never uh, sends her party manifesto to the uh, Central Plan Bureau, yeah. as uh, uh, a lot of parties often do, to calculate it through to see what the um, uh, economic effects of the party manifesto are. And she always says, um, our uh, worldview is not... Um, cannot be translated into the parameters. Yeah, of she's CCP. definitely a, a, a purist, I think, an yeah, idealist. I think yeah. so too. Uh, as the first party for animal rights to win seats in a national election in the world, the Partij voor de Dieren became a standard bearer for the movement across Europe. Um, and uh, Marianne and Tima personally helped to set up a network of similar parties in countries such as Finland, Austria, Austria Germany, and also in the UK. Yeah. She's had a long and uh, successful, I think... Uh, what, and what do you think she will be most remembered for? Her dresses. Her dresses. Yeah. So I put this up on Facebook that we were going to miss her dresses. And people got real mad because they were like, well, you wouldn't comment on a man's clothes. And I was like, I would if it was Hugo de Jong's shoes, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think it's a little... It was a little disingenuous because her dresses were really a thing that got a lot of attention and advanced like her cause. And she it wasn't wielded just this tool very successfully. Exactly, and it wasn't just because she 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 wore dresses that were very nice. Or, no, uh, with a, many with of them were not very nice. <laughs> no, especially no. The, her dresses always uh, send out a uh, political message. message. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, um, she wore on the ceremonial opening of Parliament on Prinsjesdag, or as we always call it. Budget, budget day, day. Uh, she for example wore a sailor's hat with the logo save our seas yeah <clears throat> she also wore a dress last year to mark 100 years of uh, voting rights for women yep. in the netherlands um, and this year she um, uh, was dressed uh, with a dress full of insects and spiders and yes stuff it was like very that. creepy uh, sort of um, uh, highlighting the importance of insects in the ecosystem yeah um, and, and I mean, all of these things, like it always gets attention. There's always media coverage. There's always photographs. And then, of course, the articles have to explain why, you know, she's advocating for this thing. I mean, I think she's done this. Jay Guevara, for example. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's done this really brilliantly. Yeah. She uh, she really used sort of the, 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 the media attention that's always there for for women in dresses. And yeah. she really used this for to generate uh, the attention, to turn the, the attention into her political message. Exactly. Exactly. So I think she did that very well. Uh, there's also been some criticism, yes. however, for wow. Marianne Tima, not for her dresses, but from uh, her party members. Yeah. Uh, there was one who left the party in July, last July. She um, uh, th This was Femke Merel van Kota, and she uh, complained that um, the party was too focused on animal rights and not focused enough on human issues. Mm. So, uh, I mean... It's the part for the deer. Yeah, well, yeah. at first they started as this 
one issue party. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but that's expanded a bit. That's it's true. Into the human issues. But yeah. this uh, MP thought that um, they were uh, returning to this one issue party. Yeah, and this is why we now have 14 seats in 14 parties in parliament because we started out the year with 13, which is an insane number. And then th- this woman left uh, the pay, 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 Animal rights, <laughs> animal just call r- it. Yeah. All the abbreviations look like each other, right? It's so it's confusing. Pay, 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 yeah, the pay, only pay, one that's good is De Sessestach. Yeah, which true. doesn't like really stand for anything. I mean, it does, but like not really. Because not they were the founded in 1966 yeah, exactly. and they are Democrats. So yes. they're called Democrat 66. It's a yeah. really stupid name, actually. It is, but their abbreviation is better than everybody else's. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Tima will formally step down as an MP next Tuesday on mm-hmm. October 8th. Are you going to go to the uh, parliament no. and see her? No. Step down formally? <laughs> no. Maybe she'll wear a cool dress. Yeah, I, I think so. I, think I hope she so. Will do that. That's a good way to go yeah. out, I think. Oh, and she always ends, whenever she has a speech in parliament, she always ends it um, with the sentence, I'm still of the opinion that there should be an end, uh, there should come an end to the bio industry. Is that a word in, in yeah. English? Kind of. Sort of the mass farming yeah, uh, of exactly. animals. Farmers were not the only ones protesting this week. We will talk more about farmers later in the discussion. Tens of thousand people marched for action against climate change in The Hague on Friday, as we were recording last week's podcast. The five groups which organized the initiative said it exceeded their expectations. The estimated numbers ranged from 20,000 to 30,000 people. The march was part of a series of global demonstrations demanding that world leaders take more action on climate change around a UN climate change summit in New York. Swedish activist Greta Thunberg, who gained international attention for her school strike in her home country of Sweden, demanding political action, shared an image from the Hague demonstration on her Twitter feed. We were mentioned. We were mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. If the Dutch media loves anything it is that we are mentioned in international media 100 percent true yes. especially Geert Wilders uh, loves yes, that he's that's mentioned his thing. that's why he started tweeting in English yeah. in the hope that he uh, will be mentioned by yeah something. yeah but the problem with that theory is is that like it implies that people know anything about anything that he's saying which they don't always so I feel like he doesn't really get that much more international attention no, no but he loves it though yeah that's true but um yeah did we did the climate strike gain enough attention in well the media I thought week? it got a lot of attention and then it was really outweighed by the farmer strike which we're going to talk true. about that later yeah uh, but this was the second climate yeah. march right there was one early in the year yeah. I think and that one uh gained a lot of attention, mostly because of these side problems. Are students allowed to, to protest, protest cetera, at school yeah. hours? Um, well, and I think also that like some of the coverage of this just got drowned out by the world coverage, right? Like the yeah. press agency I work for didn't do a separate article about all of the European protests. They did one big article about the climate strike change thing in general. And so I think that like, you know, while probably good that you could see all around the world, you know, there was these great photos from, you know, all sort of New four York corners and, and uh, yeah. yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I think that that's probably good for their movement. It, it, did generate some discussion with regards to the Dutch media and how they covered that protest versus the tractor protest that we're going to talk about later. Two older men in The Hague have agreed to step down from their jobs temporarily while they are investigated for possible corruption and bribery. Deputy Mayor and Economic Affairs Alderman Richard de Mos and Rachid Kwenaoui, who is in charge of the city finances, are suspected of accepting payments in return for bar and cafe licenses. Both represent the Groep de Mos party in uh, the City Council of The Hague, which emerged as the biggest group in the March local elections. 
The two older men uh, said in a joint statement on Tuesday evening that they have been overwhelmed by the accusations, which is a really weird... It's an odd phrase. Yeah. Everything about this is weird. Yeah, it, indeed. And they have uh, full confidence, though, that they will be cleared once the investigation has been completed. Their city hall offices and homes were raided as part of the investigation earlier on Tuesday. I feel bad for whoever is working at the Bali at the City Hague, right? That, like, you're just, like, some person who's there to, like stamp the ticket and see who like gets to come in the door and uh, then all of a sudden all these cops show up yeah indeed yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the coalition in the hague fell yeah uh, over this which generated a lot of discussion because people were very surprised that city government coalitions can in fact fall well, i think that happens a lot i think it's it's more stable than the national politics. yeah and That's also true, because if it happens in like whatever some tiny town in over isol nobody cares nobody but cares. this was yeah, the hague so it's a big deal yeah yeah but i think the the alderman do have a point that the uh, coalition sort of um, uh, lost confidence in yeah. these two people before they were actually yeah, charged sure. with anything or convicted. I think they have a point here, yeah. even though it is shady because the, the, the guy who got like the very lucrative um, permit for a night uh, cafe in The Hague, uh, this guy was the uh, number, the, the last person on the candidate list yeah. of the Groupe de Mos. Yeah, it seems very shady. So it seems very shady, but still, I think they, he has a point here. Uh, you know, on the other hand, you don't have to be convicted of anything for your colleagues to not have confidence and that's true that's not uh you know that you know you can't throw somebody in jail because you don't have confidence in someone like we should have a legal system based on that of course unless i'm the one that gets to determine like who (laughs) gets to go to jail but like you know the politics is a different story right like people that's true if the parliament decides that they don't have confidence in the state anymore like then they're they're not into it then the coalition falls like that's how it works yeah but it's um, probably the favorite day will uh, step into the coalition and then they have a majority again yeah, and then everything is fine. fine. Yeah. Was there other news from The Hague? There was. There's the... even more ridiculous news from The Hague. Yeah, true. The Dutch safety board uh, has slammed The Hague City Council for ignoring its own rules ahead of last year's New Year's bonfire on the beach of Scheveningen, which caused millions of euros worth of damage. The traditional New Year beach fire at Scheveningen had to be put out by the fire brigade after huge clouds of cinder were blown across the town and nearby June area, sparking lots of small fires and damaging cars and roofs. Several buildings in the um, historic city center of Scheveningen had to be kept permanently wet to uh, head off the risk of fire, and people were forced to take shelter to avoid the blaze. It w- do, do you remember these pictures? Yeah, from, the, um, like fire tornadoes yeah. and stuff. It was quite scary. It was uh, apocalyptic. Yeah. yeah. But there weren't many surprises in the uh, safety board's uh, report. We we already knew a lot of this. But what we didn't know was that um, uh, people who lived nearby Scheveningen Beach already wrote to the city Yeah, they were already complaining. Already complaining about their... uh, They they were worried about their safety. And uh, yeah, if you've seen... What they were building, they, 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 they built towers of 40 meters high. It was 16 meters over the allowed height. Yeah. Uh, they included barrels of diesel to ignite the fire. Yeah. I mean, it was just a disaster waiting yeah. to happen. Well, and the thing, so the, the reason this sort of got so out of control is because Skavening uh, competes with, is it Katwijk? Downdorp. Downdorp. Which is an, n- another neighbor of Skavening. Yeah. Um, to sort of, of to see uh, who can build kind of the largest. And yeah. the Hague basically felt that they couldn't 
tell these people that they couldn't, you know, that they they needed to stay within the building permits because they felt like people were going to get mad at them, which yeah. I think is a bad way to run your government. <laughs> um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, they were they were they were uh, afraid of uh, riots basically yeah. from. Uh, from these two groups of yeah. uh, people in Scheveningen. On the other hand, I guess in some ways this is kind of like the best possible outcome because although it was terrifying and like there was a lot of property damage, there wasn't more substantial like human life loss. And no. but it was scary enough that I feel like the 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 Hague City Council will have a very easy job saying like, yeah, you can't even build a barbecue fire on the beach anymore yeah. if we tell you not to, and people will probably listen. So. Hopefully no more uh, terrifying fire tornadoes this year. Exactly. Now for a few stories that we've talked about before, but we have some updates this week. Uh, first, police investigating the murder of Amsterdam lawyer Derek Versum uh, have released a photo of a white van that they believe may have used to be the getaway vehicle. Uh, this morning, they also announced that they have arrested a suspect, um, which we don't know anything more about other than they said that they have arrested a suspect. We talked about this murder that rocked the country last week. Uh, Weirsum was the lawyer for... Nabil Bey, a key witness in a major drugs trial revolving the gangster Ridon Tahi. The assassination sparked calls for solutions to address the problems that the Netherlands is facing and related to drug trafficking. The Public Prosecution Service has tightened security around everyone involved uh, in this case. In more positive news, the latest prototype of a Dutch invention to catch plastic floating in the ocean is working, says researchers with the Ocean Cleanup. They have been testing the device uh, some 2,000 kilometers off the California coast. The new prototype is successfully catching and keeping plastic in all shapes and sizes, the organization said this week. The Ocean Cleanup is planning a second version of the new plastic catcher next year, which will be able to collect more plastic over a longer period of time. Inventor Boyan Slat and his team aim to eventually halve the Great Pacific Garbage Patch some 1.0 million Square kilometers in size between California and Hawaii. Yeah, this uh, this project started as a uh, high school project. He, um, he he came up with the idea on his high school uh, yeah. final project, and he uh, presented thing. it at TEDx Delft, and then it went viral. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think they uh, he already had a prototype before, which failed. Which failed. Uh, and now, but his second prototype now um, seems, seems to be working. To be working so Although yeah, there's still positive. a bit of criticism about how much how effective this this actually is um i think with all things but uh, you know of course if it's a it's a, if it's a positive outcome then that's i think what everybody would like to see yeah the question is if we will be really a- capable of of cleaning up this 1.6 million square kilometers of yeah. ocean but i mean every bit helps i guess yeah. so if if it if it only helps a bit then it's already positive yeah I think. I think some of the criticism is is that one that this device is damaging to like the ocean ecosystem and animals that are living in the ocean and that's because a problem because it also catches animals yeah okay um and also that which you know is kind of a more i think general criticism about tech investment in sort of tech solutions to big humanity problems, which is basically that if people who had given a lot of money to this company, um, because he he crowdfunded a bunch of money and then also has now has some investors. And if people had just taken that money and spent it paying people to pick up plastic on the beach, this would have been a much more effective way of getting rid of Mm. all of this plastic. So I think it's a bit of a mixed bag, but you know, I think one hopes that this is a very successful way to way to do things. Uh, and in the meantime, everyone should use less plastic. So I agree. We try yeah. to use less plastic in our house. I we take our we take our own little bakias to places and so we don't get bags and oh, containers. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. 
And finally, some updates on planned marijuana growing trials. I take my own bakia to the coffee shop for, uh, for my marijuana. <laughs> the government announced several years ago that it wants to try allowing people to legally grow marijuana in the country to sell to the country's coffee shops. Currently, though it's illegal for the coffee shops to sell marijuana to the public, their purchase of it is not. Officials are keen to make sure that non-users do not take up the habit, so state-produced cannabis will be sold in unattractive packaging. Growers may only use the Havelica typeface on the package and in black ink. In addition, the packet must be free of all processing and branding, which could make it more appealing. The experiment will move forward in 2021 in 10 cities. Isn't Helvetica, uh, the Helvetica typeface um, copyrighted by Apple or something? I don't know. Um, what I said on Twitter, which did not get nearly as much attention as it should have, because this was a very funny joke, was apparently the Dutch government has not heard of the font Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah, they should have. They should have only that done is, it. That is very uh, unattractive. It's in a uh, very packaging. unattractive yeah, font. Yeah, so please go like my t- go go retweet my yeah. tweet, Paul. Thank you. I will. I will. Thank you. Amsterdam football club Ajax won their fifth straight Champions League away match on Wednesday night with a 0-3 victory against Valencia in Spain. The win means the Amsterdammers are unbeaten in all competitions since May and have kept four successive clean sheets in the Champions League competition. There was particular praise for Hakim Ziyech's long-range opener eight minutes into the game and Donny van der Beek's entire match performance. Ajax are now top of Group H with six points from two matches and meet Chelsea on October. 23rd. You hope for but don't expect a game like this, Ajax coach Erik ten Hag said after the match. We played well, especially in attack, but in defense and transitions we have to do better. Uh, you see how dangerous Valencia are, what a brilliant team they are. They have very good players uh, who hurt us, but uh, we had Onana and sometimes also luck. Yeah, sometimes you simply just need luck to win. I like getting luck, it's fine. The win is deserved, but it could have been uh, 6-3 or so, he said. So, yeah. Is there Zonfort news? Yes, and Doha news. And Doha news. I love some good Zonfort news. Okay. Because it's always a disaster. It's, it is a disaster. Is it more of a disaster? It's more of a disaster. All right, Paul, what's going on in Zonfort? Yeah, no, 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 first Doha. Oh, first Doha. I don't want to do Doha first. I want to do... Oh, fine. What happened in Doha? This is about <laughs> Daphne Skippers, isn't it? It is, yeah. But, but this uh, isn't fun news because she didn't. She's not in. But right? there is there is fun news okay. from Doha. All right, fine, go. Uh, Sifan Hassan won the golden medal at the World Athletics Championship in Doha on Saturday. On the same day, her coach though uh, Alberto Salazar was banned from coaching for four years by USADA for doping offenses. Wait, the coach was accused of doping? Yeah, he sort of like doping a player or doping himself. He, no, he doped a player. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hassan uh, also qualified for the semifinals for the fifteen hundred meters on Thursday, oh. so hopefully she will uh, win um, win a medal there as well. Yeah. And uh, Daphne Schippers did not defend her 200-meter title in Doha after picking up an injury in the shorter uh, sprint on Sunday. The 27-year-old from Utrecht withdrew from the 100-meter final on Sunday night after straining a muscle in the semi-final. Schippers won the 200-meter title for the first time in Beijing in 2015 and successfully defended it in London two years later. She also won silver and bronze respectively in the 100-meter. This season, her form has been uh, hampered by a back injury, so that's uh, quite disappointing that's disappointing yeah so 
Now can we get to the Zandvoort news? Yeah, we can. I love it. Zandvoort Council has warned it may need a further press injection. Oh my God, are you serious? To ensure next year's Dutch Grand Prix to to go ahead. How did I miss this news this week? The uh, municipality has admitted in its latest budget statement that a number of costs associated with staging the race were not included in its 7 million estimate. They include a contribution towards upgrading the railway station to accommodate the extra passengers and hiring a lobbyist to drum up support for the first Dutch Grand Prix since 1985. So they need money after they already, uh, so they successfully lobbied for the Dutch Grand Prix. Yeah. And now they need money to sort Be of able to pay have the... This is such, I mean, everyone no, can see this coming. they need to pay coming. the lobbyists. Yeah. So that's weird. It's so weird. Are everyone there? could see this coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, this will put a strain on the Formula One budget, the council noted in its autumn financial report. The council is putting up 4 million euros towards the cost of the race, with central government contributing 2.35 million, and the province of North Holland providing the rest. Zandvoort has not specified how much it would need to make up the shortfall. I think... Can we just agree that racing isn't really a sport and that we shouldn't be spending a lot of money on this? They could take all of this money and do something else with it. They could take all of this money and enforce building permits in the Hague to make sure we don't burn it down on New Year's Eve next year. Do I I also have another update for you on Sandford. Oh, boy. Um, because of the um, nitrogen crisis, yes, uh, it might be very possible that the permit, they can't get permits. That was, that permit that was already given to Sandford yeah. might not be valid. So Yikes! There might be even more uh, fuck-ups oh in Zandvoort. This is such a disaster. It Poor is. Zandvoort. Indeed. We will be uh, discussing the farmer strike after this word from our sponsor. Hey, you. Yes, you listening to this podcast for free. We're really glad you like all of our Ophef coverage and our dick lawyer jokes, but it costs money to bring them to your ears. If you have a few extra bucks and you would like to support the work that we do, you can now back us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl to donate. We will give a shout out to all of our backers on the podcast. If you donate 50 euros, Gordon will dedicate the next podcast to his love of lavender strope waffles. For 75 euros, I will suffer through one entire football match. For the low, low price of only 100 euros, Paul will vote for the Socialist Party in the next election. So please, go to patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl to support us and to keep Truby fed. His dog food is extremely expensive. Thousands of angry farmers from all over the country traveled to The Hague on Tuesday, many by tractor, to express their discontent with the current nitrogen crisis and many of the proposed solutions which will directly affect the agricultural sector. The four to 500 tractors on the roads on Tuesday caused the most severe morning rush hour ever recorded in the Netherlands, with a total amount of 1136 kilometers worth of traffic jams. The municipality had given permission to 75 tractors to enter the Malifel but this was completely ignored by the farmers. They ran over barriers and parked their tractors in neat rows on the Malifeld. I love this about Dutch protesting, right? Indeed, like, yeah. We're going to ignore the rules, but we will park our cars in neat rows. Yeah, yeah. We had some, some people who were working in the uh, the ministry towers that uh, sort of surround the Malifeld in the Hague, sort of the protesters field no. next to the central station. Yeah, they took photos of the of all the all yeah. the tractors parked and they were all very neatly parked. It was uh, very, very nicely It's done. very Dutch. Yeah. So, Uh, Paul, why are the farmers angry? 
Yeah, why aren't they angry? They have a couple of reasons, though. Um, according to the farmers who were in The Hague on Monday, they are fed up with what they call an, the unfair image the public has of them. Yep. They say that they are seen as the prime causes of the current environmental issues, and they say that they have uh, you know, the unfair image of mass polluters and animal abusers, so they are kind of fed up with that. Uh, they fully disagree with that. And another reason is that they are tired of the unclear and ever-shifting government's policies on agriculture. Every year they are... They are confronted with more and more rules and regulations uh, and often this requires a lot of investments and you know financial spendings and uh, they complain that uh, sometimes they haven't even paid off their for, uh, investment and then they are f- uh, then they get another yeah. rules of regulations which requires a lot of payments so they basically complain that they are uh, sabotaged basically by yeah. the government in having a, 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 a to be a good entrepreneur but what sparked this protest yeah there was a particular incident there was a particular incident which sparked this protest was the uh, suggestion from coalition party D66 that uh, livestock farming should be reduced by half in order to solve the nitrogen crisis and what is the nitrogen crisis we uh, discussed this last week briefly but we will repeat it again because we will gonna need this uh, in the the coming future because this is a serious problem the council of state ruled in May that the government's plan to reduce nitrogen emissions was unlawful basically uh, and it violated EU law yeah. uh, the plan it's called the Programma Aanpak Stikstof what is stikstof? stikstof is the Dutch translation for nitrogen yeah. it's and a better is, word why is it called stikstof? It is a better word why, why it's called stikstof? please explain um, to the listeners why well, it's called stikstof 80% of the air contains of nitrogen yeah. and if you have too much nitrogen in the air you have too little oxygen and then you die, die. and you how do you die? choke you choke or is that word yeah, choke? You choke. So you sticken yeah. in Dutch. Yeah. So that's why it's called stikstof. It's choking stuff. Choking stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's the literal translation. I know, yeah. it's great. It's, it's a nice. great word. Yeah. Well this this plan, POS, the abbreviation was launched in twenty fifteen with the aim of reducing nitrogen emissions. And this is not nitrogen which is in the air but this is ammonia and nitrous oxides and uh, stuff like that which is harmful for the environment and this plan uh, aimed to reduce these emissions at our environmentally sensitive areas such as the Veluwe. There are a number of designated areas here in the Netherlands uh, also across the European Union. Yeah. Yeah the EU has a regulation that says in areas that are environmentally sensitive you can't release nearly as much of nitrogen-based, yeah, leftovers um, into the environment, or in some places you can release none. And basically the Dutch said, well, okay, fine, we'll create this permit system, it's called the PAS, and basically you can release some, but, like, you can make up for it later down the road. Yeah, And this, of course, just allowed people to kind of just kick the can down the road, mostly what it was designed to do. And the Council of State said, yeah, you can't, this violates EU law. Like, we can't keep doing this. But there's no current, like, there's no, it's not like they had another alternative. So the question was, is that like, well, does this mean just like all permits are going to have to cease? Like, how exactly do we like deal process with this? Yeah. The agricultural sector accounts for something like 70% of the stickstoff problems. So it's the biggest contributor. But of course, Everything releases nitrogen or ammonia or nitrous oxide. So building permits and all this kinds of stuff we just talked, right? Zonford yeah. is a problem. Yeah. But also like the Lelystad Airport and wind farms and infrastructure and houses and yeah. residential. 18,000 building projects are now on hold because yeah. of this because ruling. Of this. And also there was a nice example of a nursing home that was constructed near the Veluwe. It's, it's, it's fully climate neutral, but this project still is on hold because the trucks that will bring right. the... Uh, the building uh, materials, these 
emit, emit uh, nitrogen. nitrogen. So yeah. that's why this building project is also on hold. Yeah. So it, it affects tons everything. and tons and tons of stuff, yeah. everything. So everyone yeah. is mad at it because this is a thing that affects, we said this last week, right? It's like both sides, right? You want to build a wind farm. You're like the green party. This is a problem. You want to uh, allow people to drive cars on roads. You know, that's sort of a more right wing sort of populism kind of thing. That's also a problem. Like it's just bad. It's just really problematic for the entire economy essentially yeah, yeah so now we have these politicians that are you know proposing all, proposing these, all these solutions so how serious do you think the day assessment proposal was well i i i don't know how serious yeah. it was i suspect that it's one of these so-called proof ballonages yeah. these uh, testing balloons trial balloons trial balloons usually it's done by a favorite day leader class uh dijkhoff yeah, he's, uh, famous, he's fa- for famous for this but this time it was day assessment uh this proposal was done in the days before prince's dog so yeah. it's very possible that they just wanted to get some attention get some media attention and sort of exaggerated what they actually want to but yeah. because maybe maybe they, they want to reduce the livestock amount of livestock in the netherlands but not by half i'm not sure but it is of course a coalition party so you need to take this proposal sort of serious and sort of sparked anger by the uh, farmers who say well you are pretending that we are the only one who are doing this uh, emitting these nitrogens but that's definitely not the case yeah. we, there are a lot of other parties that do this uh, yeah i think together. The, the the proposal his proposal called for a 50 percent reduction in pig stock and in chicken stock so yeah. those are the two things that it would yeah. yeah sort of like impact there and he claimed this was uh what is his name de groot tice de groot yeah basically claimed that like this would essentially alleviate most of the nitrogen problems yeah. that if we did this then we probably wouldn't have to like do too much other stuff so that was that was sort of his proposal. Yes. But this proposal will is unlikely yeah, to go anywhere. down well the coalition because you know we have the VVD and Christenuni and they and CDA as well and all these three parties they I have a lot of farmer support. So exactly. there's no so way that this no is going to go forward. Indeed and also farm minister Carola Schouten described the suggestion as inappropriate and also at the demonstration on Tuesday she told the 22,000 farmers who gathered on the Maliveld that this plan will never happen as long as she is agricultural minister. Yeah. I mean I don't I sort of agree with you. I think this was just a bit of a, like, trying to make a statement kind of thing, basically, as opposed to, like, a seriously, like, thought out plan. Exactly. But last week, a special commission did come out with the plan. There was a commission. There was a commission. The government asked a uh, special commission led by former minister Johan Remkes to look into possible solutions of the nitrogen crisis. And uh, he concluded that drastic measures are required to reduce the nitrogen emissions. And for example, he named reducing the speed limit from 130 kilometers an hour to 100 kilometers an hour. That also uh, is, a, is a major reduction in the uh, nitrogen emissions. But he, he also suggested to reduce the livestock farming in the Netherlands. So sort of we had this proposal that sparked the anchor, but now we have this serious, serious commission proposal. who also... Yeah. Uh, sort of more or less proposes the same thing. And indeed, especially because pig and poultry farms account for 46% of the nitrogen emission in rural areas. And yeah. that does not include the um, Natura 2000 yeah. uh, areas, but they contribute uh, significantly to this as well. And he also said that farmers should be quicker in introducing technological innovations to reduce emissions. And he named banning mega pig farms altogether as one of the possible yeah. needed measures. So this also has to do with these, these complaints by the farmers that the government keeps putting on stricter regulations. Yeah, yeah and when they haven't even paid for one uh, new um, thing, they're thing, having they to, do, have something to do something else. else. So yeah. yeah, that's also... And of course, but what he's saying or what this commission said was is that they're not actually adopting technologies that can reduce emissions fast enough. So they're kind of saying, I think, like two different things, basically. Yeah. It's a little unclear who's... 
telling the truth. So what were the uh, what were the reactions to the demonstrations? Well, I think the public generally sympathized with the farmers, despite uh, the tractors, of course, causing hundreds of kilometers of traffic jams. I think yeah. it was a very spectacular sight seeing all these tractors on the on the highways and the motorways, yeah. and yeah, it, 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 caught, it generated a lot of media attention. Yeah, indeed, and there were also there were also some stories about uh, farmers from Tessel who sort of also ended up in the uh, traffic jams. So they just decided to go off the highway and, and then drove on the beach, drove on the beach to yeah. to 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 the Hague. So yeah, that was also very smart. Yeah, there was some very good video footage. There was the the children. There were some kids yeah. who went to a rural school and they all went to school in their little like kid toy like tractor things, which was adorable. Yeah. Sympathizing with the uh, yeah. with the fathers and with the mothers who went to yeah. the Hague, and yeah, so that was very uh, very fun as well. But there were some complaints, uh, mostly by the people who are supporting the climate strikes, yeah. who say that the farmers got way too much media attention, yeah. especially compared to their own yes. uh, climate strikes. I mean, the farmers threw a better protest sorry guys like that's that's i think all there is to it they got a lot of attention from politicians too hurt builders was there and um yes a clover got booed and people gave him the finger (laughs) tyson croat was there he couldn't even speak they booed him so badly and the guy who like sort of started this protest what is his name bart i don't remember i don't know what his name is he sort of was that's what we're gonna call him he was the guy who sort of was the one who originally posted in a like a farmer's facebook group saying like yeah we should do something Thing. We should protest these things. He had some like harsh words for the agricultural minister also yep. saying that like, yeah, I mean, you've promised us, you know, stability and we haven't gotten that. So it's I more mean, chaotic than ever now. Yeah, it's more chaotic than ever Since you now. became uh, uh, the minister. Yeah. Uh, but the interesting thing about Geert Wilders, he sort of also showed up at the Malifeld yeah. and he climbed one of the tractors with a megaphone and yeah, delivered this stuff. sort of speech. Uh, he expressed his support to the farmers despite the fact that it is his party who wants to get out of, get out of the European Union. Right. And which entity pays the most subsidies to farmers in the Netherlands. The European Union. The European Union. Yeah. And despite the fact that his latest party manifesto, which was written in 2012, because since then he hasn't bothered rewriting a new party manifesto, it states that the PVV is of the opinion that livestock should be reduced uh, in order to, uh, sort of, uh, out of uh, humanitarian yeah. reasons, but also uh, yeah. out of economic reasons. Yeah. So uh, he it, it, it drew a lot of opportunist yeah, uh, parties sure. as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the PVV can be weirdly pro-animal sometime in a way that you don't necessarily expect. There yeah, it's, it's, uh, it has to do with... Uh, that one guy. The, uh, with There's the, one guy. Dion Graus. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Denk turned up in support of the farmers. They yeah. have like kind of a pro-farmer, a bit of like a pro-farmer platform. And then they got booed and told to go back to their country. So that was not a good move on the farmer's <laughs> no, part. No, no, no. I, I agree. And there was also uh, a photo of uh, of one of the tractors. Uh, with the Confederate with flag. With the Confederate flag. Which yeah. Was, which was... Which the NOS live blog called the flag of Mississippi. Which, I mean, in spirit is true, but is not literally true. So I called the NOS the, out on there that. Is one, there is one state with the Confederate flag in its... Mississippi ne- in its... has the Confederate flag in sort of contained in its own yeah, flag. But it's, but it's not it's, the It's not the flag, flag. of Mississippi. Mississippi. No, no, no. Yeah. But like it was that. one of these things that when you disagree with a protest, yeah, you, you just randomly pick out uh, any any sort of misbehavior to sort of disqualify. Yeah, the much in the protest. same way that the right the said thing. were criticized, saw some some teenagers at McDonald's after yeah, the climate protest. Indeed, and were calling so you you to always that. see that. So yeah, yeah as course. long as it's not a white thing, then you should uh, better be better yeah. be ignoring it. I I think. Yeah. There was also a call for 
um, a new protest. Yes. Yeah, farmers basically said we, 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 we are not happy with the results of the protest, so we will uh, start another protest and we'll do it on October 29th. And they are planning to... Disrupt air traffic, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. so they, they want to wanna go on, on the airfield of, of Schiphol with their tractors, tractors to sort of... Because they some people, they, they think that, of course, air traffic is the, is the, is the biggest problem yeah. in terms of the nitrogen emissions. So but they, it's not. Well, it's, it's of One course, did, it's a big contributor, yeah. of course, but it's not the perhaps this, this just means maybe we should just work together in yeah. in, in reducing this nitrogen emission. You would think so, that that would be uh, a good idea. Maybe the maybe I have a very hard time seeing the skipple allowing these guys on the airport. No, no, no. Field. But that's the thing. They they want to do it despite uh, regardless yeah. if they're allowed or not. Yeah. So yeah, but I think I mean you know it's one thing to drive. What did they they drove barriers over the parts that were supposed to be blocking off the Cirque du Soleil performance that's going to be on the Mollyfeld in a couple of days. Oh really? Yeah. So that. there was barriers. Yeah, there were seventy five tractors allowed. Yeah, seventy five tractors allowed, and like two hundred and some actually turned up, and they drove over barriers that were there to keep people away from an area of the Mollyfeld that was going to be used sometime this week hmm. for a Cirque du Soleil performance. Oh, okay. You know, okay, fine that you're not going to fight this fight about it, that you've decided to just like let them break the rules. But disrupting a Cirque du Soleil performance is very different than breaking rules at an airport where yeah. people suddenly get real squeamish about like things like terrorism and also like a lot of people whose flights get delayed. It's an interesting date choice because it's two days before the UK is scheduled to leave the European Union, oh, which is yeah. also going to cause all kinds of like immense drama. Indeed. So yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's probably a bad choice. I don't, it's a bad choice in the, the sense yeah. that uh, I think if, if they are actually going to sort of block the airport, block Schiphol, then people don't like it when will, you block the airport. No, no, no. Public opinion will definitely yeah. turn around against them. Yeah, I think. I think so too. Yes. And it also sparked a debate about the margins of farmers because yeah. they, they, they work very hard and they get paid very little. Um, maybe we should just pay them more. Yeah. That's also what the farmers said. And uh, the interesting thing is both farmers and environmentalists think that farmers should be paid more because yeah. if, if meat is so cheap... Yeah, if you drive up the price, then people eat less of it. Of yeah. course, yeah. Although there was this study that we referred to last week that was in New Harvest magazine, the yeah. Farmers magazine, that said something like, yeah, four in ten farmers would take a buyout from the government to like stop farming. So it seems to me that there may be a sufficient number of people who are not you know, that passionate about it or are at least willing to like take some money and go do something else. And maybe rather than like looking at forcing people to reduce livestock things, we should see what, you know, we, we see what the carrot out. approach yeah. is, right? Yeah. Like, can you yeah. just buy them out yeah. maybe and get them be to stop? Which, what was also very interesting is that apparently the Netherlands is the number two exporter of agricultural yeah, projects Yeah, this was also a, a, a thing that people complained about, was saying that like, well... Yeah, we are such a tiny country. How can we ever Because they have really so efficient greenhouses and stuff like that. Yeah, here. that's what I thought. Maybe I thought this, this was mostly contributed by greenhouses who not necessarily showed up at the Malifelt. Yeah, because I don't, but I don't think that the greenhouse, as far as I understand, most of the nitrogen situation is coming from livestock farming, not yeah. from greenhouse farming. Yeah, so, indeed. So you think that, you know, that there's maybe there's something there that if you really want to farm that you could subsidize the transition from raising pigs to, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm fairly 
sympathetic towards the notion that mega pig farms and mega chicken farms are bad for the animals and that we should not be raising animals in these situations and that like you know you could regulate this to make the animals be more humane which will drive up the price of meat which means people will eat less meat but we all agree i mean people don't agree nationality necessarily individually but like environmentalists like this like health people like this like there's not a whole lot of downside of eating like less meat other than like you know meat is kind of tasty and delicious i mean i'm not a vegetarian i do eat meat but like we could all just reduce we could do do less yeah and then maybe it solves a bit of this you know a bit of this problem and then you know maybe you turn around and also resubsidize some of the high-speed trains to places so that like the train is cheaper than flights are because as someone who travels frequently within europe and would like to take fewer flights and take more trains but like it's not feasible if it takes me seven hours to get to luxembourg by train as opposed to 45 minutes on a flight like it's just not a trade-off i can make so you know not to mention the price yeah and then the price is much more expensive so you know i feel like there's you know room on both sides here i think uh, that's all we have for you uh, this week this podcast is a production of dutch news which can be found online at dutchnews.nl we will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes you can get in touch with us by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl if you want to help us out please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and you can also back us now on patreon at patreon.com slash dutch news nl and earn yourself a free shout out on the podcast if you make us a donation any donation any donation any just donation. give us some money we'll say something about it. yes my thanks to molly quell and not to gordon derrick no, i'm paul peters and we'll be back next, next week, week.